Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's old talent. That don't work. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Have you ever wondered if it's a bit redundant to be introducing <laughs> ourselves again since our intro introduces ourselves? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. But, you know, good publicity is always having publicity yes so why not repeat our name two three four five even ten times and i think all of the tennis fans this week are probably repeating the name astrava (laughs) and wondering and still thinking about what country that actually is in yeah i mean we were shady okay i keep on making the same mistake i always Okay, let me just explain very quickly. I always use the pronoun we because I seem to think that we do everything as a unit in terms of this podcast, (laughs) but I have to be... (laughs) I can see you laughing. (laughs) But I have to be more, you know, mindful in that I have to take full responsibility about things that I say. So let me just back that shit up for three seconds. (laughs) I was being shady toward the WTA Premier Tournament Ostrava by saying that you know, who among our listeners could find Ostrava on a map? <laughs> but to give you a quick update, as I'm seeing the IG stories from all of the fabulous women that are participating at this premiere event, Ostrava is popping. I believe that was the quote that you texted to me. <laughs> was uh, it exactly? <laughs> I think it was exactly that. You're like, Ostrava is popping. I changed my mind. Yeah. So, okay, the women... Yes, they are on a much more reduced schedule than the men, but there was something really funny that I noticed about the Ostrava tournament, and I decided to change that into a game for you to play. And we're going to do that in a bit. But we decided first off that we're going to talk a little bit about the gayness of tennis, because it is a bit gay. (laughs) (laughs) We try and make it a bit gay, a bit fun. Yeah, there's a lot of gays and lesbians and queers and every part of the rainbow that are attracted to our sport of choice. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who take it very seriously. And we're talking about the GLTA. Yes, the the GLTA, which stands for the Gay and Lesbian Tennis Association. We've talked about them before. Actually, the A does not stand for association. It stands for alliance. Oh, wow. I got educated. So much juice. I mean, that's just the tip of the juice. (laughs) So we wanted to talk a little bit about the GLTA because there's been a bit of tea on the GLTA Players Lounge, which is the Facebook group that I think captures a good swath of the community of people who participate in tournaments, probably from around the world, uh, North America, Europe. Uh, parts of Asia, which would be Australia, um, and the, Fili- the Philippines has a tournament now. Yeah, and the Philippines. So there's been a bit of drama that has happened over the last <laughs> few days, <laughs> as it pertains to the GLTA and its decision, I guess, from the board of directors to not hold an election as a result of the Rona. Yes, that is precisely it. The GLTA executive uh, sent out a communication saying that, you know, quote, unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. And because of the stoppages of tournaments all around the world that, you know, they were going to use this time to recoup, allow, you know, the GLTA tennis players all over the world to kind of focus on their personal lives and getting their lives back together. And so therefore they used those reasons as um, justifications for extending their own terms on the executive board for an additional year. 
what did the I mean I'm sure the community had lots to say about that girl people (laughs) (laughs) okay it was Sunday I was doing my due diligence and trying to figure out okay let's go on Facebook let's see what people are saying about tennis I happened to be on the GLTA players lounge and someone posted Ooh, you know what maybe I can pull up the post real real quick here I think the word shameful was used shameful yes yes and um you as you look for that i mean here's the thing let's give a bit of a baseline here so these folks uh as we know as any sort of board corporation board i think for the most part for a volunteer organization or a a not-for-profit like this uh, most of the folks who are involved are giving of their times and their talents to contribute to the betterment of the organization, in this case, uh, the GLTA. The bylaws, as I've read, have set up for them what seems to be a lot of work, involvement on committees. There's a bit of remuneration in the amount of $2,500. Um, you know, which for a volunteer organization doesn't really make it volunteer. But, you know, I think all all that to say, people contribute of their time and talents. And I think um, we hope that they would be doing the best and putting their best foot forward for the betterment of the GLTA, which is a world tour of gay and lesbian tennis tournaments. Correct. Okay, I found it. Y'all what ready? is the po- what is the initial post that caused the firestorm? Okay, so I so the post reads GLTA board cancels elections and extends their own terms. Shameful. They should be ashamed. Exclamation mark. And following that post there are 140 comments of varying degrees of shade that have been posted. Now, I want to give as sorry, I just burped into the microphone. I'm so you excited. You should be ashamed, shameful, burping on the podcast microphone. <laughs> I want to give as even of a perspective as possible. So there were definitely a few people that were on the board that, and by board I meant like the message board that said, you know, everyone just chill the f out. We are in a pandemic. You know, why not allow the executive to extend the term? their term for another year especially when we got all of these things going on you know tennis is on not on everyone's priority list you know why don't we start fresh next year and give the current executive that you know didn't really have time to plan implement anything for the glta this past year kind of a fresh start next year girl that person that said that he they all came for him because you know what we can you and i can discuss this and you you and i can have parallels to our own professional careers like just because there was a pandemic that went on didn't mean that job there was a job stop there were job stoppages i mean there were many people that transitioned to online and to virtual and so what a lot of these girls came out saying was that you know if you really wanted to hold an election you could have really held an election and Matt, our friend from DC, I believe, who I've been chatting with on Messenger, you know, he made the point that, you know, elections have taken place every year for the past 20 years. And the normal procedure for changing any bylaw was to communicate a motion to all tournament directors at least two weeks before a motion would be passed. And any tournament director that did not or was not in agreement with that motion that would initiate a vote and if two-thirds of those tournament directors voted to carry that motion then that would be that but bottom line the executive unilaterally chose to extend their own terms and just people are getting crazy well and that sort of speaks to the need i think for a bit of a membership model where the tournaments who are part of the glta have a bit of a say and a bit of oversight over the six board members in terms of these kinds of decisions because i agree with you to not have an election because of a pandemic when 
you know, Zoom shares have gone up probably 18,000% and everybody has a Zoom account and you can get a free account and restart the meeting every 40 minutes on your free Zoom account. (laughs) There's no reason why an election could not have taken place. And I'm sure there's many people who feel like they can contribute in the same way or if not more meaningfully than they feel the current board members are contributing. Right. And I mean, to add to that, you know, one of the arguments that a few people posted on the message board was that, you know, if there was any time to redefine, to implement, to really start from scratch in terms of, you know, new ideas for the GLTA, bringing freshness and, you know, a new perspective, you know, increasing visibility, increasing partnerships, increasing, um, you know, tournaments worldwide, it would be kind of it would be an opportune time to do it, do it during a pandemic. Now, this doesn't this doesn't obviously keep in mind that maybe the executives are dealing with their own personal issues. We don't know what's going on with those six members individually. But I mean, there are a lot of people that were like, girl, you know, I've been a member of the GLTA and I'm pretending to be another member. But, you know, I've been <laughs> I'll give you my own personal opinion in a second. But, you know, I've been a member of the GLTA for years and it's been the same old, same old. So, you know, it's kind of trying to find strike a balance between having some kind of, um, you know, um, stability and gratitude for what these six people have done and are doing for gay and lesbian etc etc tennis around the world but also like forging head with some new shit yeah yeah and the new shit sometimes means just new blood and new perspectives and new opinions and new ideas to the table yeah like don't you think it would be a perfect opportunity for us to partner with the glta and be like their podcast of choice (laughs) i mean that's (laughs) that's a bit self-indulgent but uh sure (laughs) let's do that but i think you know maybe we need a bit of a, a baseline because some people who are our listeners may not know anything about the GLTA. So before we dive into a little bit of what your perspective is, maybe we should just say that the GLTA is a tour for gays and lesbians and um, trans and folks who are gay friendly to come together mm-hmm. in cities around the world where tournaments are hosted and i think there's about 70 to 75 different tournaments you and i have talked about a few of them on the show whether it's detroit or montreal or the cgo i've played tournaments in san antonio and australia you've played you and i have played in columbus so there's tournaments everywhere we haven't hit europe yet but wait watch out for us we're coming (laughs) when when those tournaments reopen And it's just sort of a community uh, friendly. It's meant to be uh, fun for all sort of levels of play, but it's also competitive. And uh, each tournament has a charitable component. So each community where it's being hosted, they have a charity element where participants can contribute and funds are raised for a local charity. Um, Admittedly, here in Toronto, that charity for the CGO has been the charity that I work for, which is ACT for the last three years. Um, And they chose us this year um, before the tournament got canceled. So I think it's good to give people a little bit of a, a baseline. Some of the tournaments are smaller. Here in Toronto, I think our tournament has 180 players. It's one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was worth at least giving people a baseline of what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that is that I mean, I, I dare say that a lot of our listeners are probably members of the GLTAs, but I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, to give our listeners that are not members a baseline. Um, maybe this isn't the perfect segue, but, you know, as you're talking, listen, as you're as you're talking about it, I was thinking to myself, Tennis is such a big part of my life, and the GLTA has been such an instrumental part of, like, you know, my social development, my social circles. So I have so much to be grateful for. Um, I think a lot is done at the local level. I mean, I've seen amazingly run tournaments by, 
you know, tournament directors and their teams that put in countless of hours, months of preparation, you know, banquets that I have been a part of, banquets that I haven't been a part of that have been so entertaining. And there's a lot of there's a lot of hours put in and not a lot of thanks, you know. So for for that, I am and I'm sure you are, too, like incredibly grateful. But, you know, to the point of a lot of people on the GLTA Players Lounge, a lot of people are just asking for more transparency, you know, and I think it would be helpful and healthy in any organization to take a really good hard look at yourself, at your growth, at what the, you know, at the current kind of level of your organization and say, have it, do we need more? Do we need more support? Do we need more, you know, help? Because that's what people on the lounge are calling for. I mean, just to give you a small example, like in terms of the finances of the GLTA, you know, there is a modicum of transparency in that they, you know, share their finances on a quarterly basis. But, you know, I happen to not be one of those members that like, I'm going to demand that you show me your finances. <laughs> I want to know where my $4 for my, you know, you know, my 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 participation at the tournament is going, you know, I'm not that extreme. But if you're going to be an organization that has grown to this level, girl, you got to be more transparent. And so I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for any healthy organization to be responsive and to be accountable to its own members. And that would the that is what these girls on the lounge was trying to do. Yeah, they they were smacking their martinis and they're saying we want more transparency <laughs> in the lounge. <laughs> I mean, I gave you a bit of my analysis when I read uh, uh, the bylaws, and I think you know to what I said earlier, I, some oversight is needed. There there can't be much oversight when it seems like the board is structured and the bylaws are structured that these six people are making. Uh, most of the decisions, you know, things like fees are set by the board of directors. So, you know, it means they can move it from $4 to $20, I guess, if they want to. <laughs> Not that tournaments would agree with that and say that that's possible. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, more over oversight is important. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about a comment that someone made, but you continue. You finish your oh, point. Oh, okay. I mean, I... I mean, no. <laughs> anyway, I think what what I would say is we all love the GLTA. We all love um, the tournaments that we go to. We go to multiple um, tournaments sort of every year. Mm. And that's what we know um, as the GLTA. We know those tournaments. We know those tournament <laughs> okay. directors. We know the players that we're going to see at those events. We know that the, we know the charities that those events choose. And, you know, some of us, when we go to banquets, we tear up when we hear, uh, like buddy up tennis in Columbus, um, at the banquet. So that's what we know. And we wonder sometimes what the GLTA as a, higher up structure i.e the board provides to those tournaments other than i guess the internet structure and the ranking structure that moves people up and accumulates the scores and shows the leadership uh, of players throughout the year at that lead to the year-end championships <laughs> Well said. I'm sorry. I just had to mention this one comment. So our girl Raul in the United States, she calls herself the original Chi-Chi. <laughs> Chi-Chi, as you all know, maybe you don't, is my drag name, but she is the original Chi-Chi. When I posted on the GLTA Players Lounge that I was like, ooh, girl, it's time to investigate, he responded, let's ask, the quote, let's ask the, <laughs> sorry, Let's ask the fake attorney the GLTA hired a few years ago to investigate. There is just some just shade and people eating popcorn all over the place. <laughs> but to echo Jason's sentiments, you know, we now that we have a platform, the the core of us sharing the story is we want the best for our 
wonderful organization. And if that means applying a little bit of pressure and a little bit of heat, I think that's all good. And all of the things that we have shared are things that people have said themselves on the GLT Players Lounge. Just go to Facebook yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure once we start posting our teasers for this week's episode we'll be hearing a bit more that's for sure but yeah. i mean you know if there's more you want to share whether positive about your glt experience or negative about your feelings about how it's run email us at readyplaytennispodcast at gmail.com you know what don't even okay don't even email us add us on instagram at ready play tennis podcast private message us slide into our dms Jason and I are always checking up on on those messages. Give us that juice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that, but we do love the GLTA. We want the tournaments to come back. Um, But COVID COVID on the rise, y'all. Yeah. Error. Second wave. Even in Ostrava. Even in Ostrava. Good segue, partner. (laughs) So, okay. I believe that part of the um, part of the requirement for participating at the Ostrava tournament, Ostrava tournament, is that you needed to have that sound as a suffix in your name. So, <laughs> okay, I went through the draw. It's a draw of 32. There are 28 players. The top four seeds received buys. Of those 28, 16 players have as part of their last name, the sound ah. Ah. Got it? I see. So, in this little makeshift wretchedy rack game that I decided <laughs> to, <laughs> to create, I want to know how many of those 16 WTA players with the sound of ah at the end of their last name are participating. You mean how many can I name? Because you just told me it's 16. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. How, well, of the 16, how many can you name? Oh, um, I can name five. <laughs> Go for it. Well, there's two P- Pliskovas, so that's two. Ding, ding. <laughs> there's Sabalenka. Ding. There's Azarenka. Ding. Oh, I'm so Number bad. one player, number one seed. Number one seed is Svetlina. Very good. Ding. You're not going to get the rest of no, them. No, I'm probably not going to get the rest of them. Like, <laughs> Contavit is not one. Mertens no. is not one. No. no. Sorry. Arani no. is an I. She's not there because she sucks and she's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God forbid she ever hears any of our <laughs> podcasts that mention her. Okay, you know what? Can I do a rundown of the 16? Because I think it's so fun. Sure. Give us a rundown of the 16. <laughs> was that your Italian That was accent? my Arania. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, Svidalina, Pliskova, Sabalenka, Azarenka, Stritseva, Krejikova, Martinkova, Mukova. That's not a real player, Martinkova. What? Who Honey. are these people? <laughs> Don't be rude. She is in the draw, honey. She she played her first round. Okay. Mukova, Anisimova, Alexandrova, Siniakova, Rybakina, Kasatkina, Yastremska, Kadermatova, and then the other Pliskova, the the not as good one. Right. The one that's the one who lost today. She lost today to our girl. To our girl Sakari. Yeah. So I mean, listen. I'm not. I I don't think that we're gonna. We want to spend a lot of time on Ostrava. I mean, there are a couple of results that came in. I mean, we're obviously watching our girl, Zachary, and Tom Hill. He is continuously posting those IG stories of his little coffee, his Lavazza coffee, and his little muffin. And uh, good luck to the girls that are in that field. But do I really care right now? Not really. <laughs> Wait, you said it was popping. I'm confused. I mean, it was popping in that, okay, to be honest with you, (laughs) even though I knew that it was a premier event and that it was, you know, it was a new event, I thought for some reason that was going to be this like hole in the wall WTA event, like in the country bumpkin side of the Czech Republic where they're playing tennis matches in barn, in a barn, like I did (laughs) when I played the Boston tournament a couple of years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I played in a legit barn. Um, 
And but there there's obviously some names out there, you know, Azarenka, our girl, another girl that we love there. She's there. So, you know what? I mean, truth be told, I'm really not following it as hard, but good for Ostrava for, um, you know, garnering so many, you know, high profile WTA, WTA players because they need to make that money, too. Ostrava sounds like some sort of veggie dish that you would order when you're in Europe. Give me <laughs> give me the Ostrava. Yeah, we talked. Didn't we say that like Ostrava would be served with mashed potatoes? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you played in a barn when you were in Boston. I mean, that's perhaps why we want the GLTA to be better. I mean, listen, <laughs> the barn situation. I mean, I had a good time at the barn. I mean, part of being at a GLTA tournament is, you know, checking out who's playing. And I had a good time in the barn, as people do, playing tennis and playing with the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Boston, they're not quite corn fed, but similarly. Fed. <laughs> that accent, though. They're fed by Astrava. <laughs> okay, so um, Astrava's happening. It's the second last tournament for the ladies. Yes. Linz is happening in November, so that's good news. And then I think that's a wrap. They're not going to do a year-end finals at all. No, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't heard any news about them hosting a year-end final. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, I guess, after Linz, everyone can just take a minute and regroup because, actually, this is kind of a cool segue, but apparently the Australian op- Open is in, like, it's in their, like, the middle, the the heat of their planning phases for holding the first Grand Slam of 2021. And based on some news reports, it looks like they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to accommodate um, 30,000 fans per day. Whoa. That's a lot. That is a lot. So, you know, people want to get their tennis back on. And Tennis Australia is looking to make that happen. And is is it going to be kind of what we heard about previously? Is I mean, Australia is a bit of um, a bubble with New Zealand, so I assume there will be no international fans. It'll just be Australia, New Zealand. Allegedly, yeah. alleged that that is the word, Kyle. <laughs> I also <laughs> talked to Kyle from uh, from Indy. Allegedly is the word. So that we don't get sued. Right. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> now that we're on episode 22. <laughs> Use the word allegedly, you will not get sued. Yeah, NBC do not listen to our Wimbledon podcast episode because there might be some <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> oh, my God. We were just, you know, it was just nostalgia. Yeah, we don't, we don't make on. any money off this thing yet. Girl, so. talk about talk about volunteers that get paid zero dollars. Yeah. In fact, we are paying to do this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. it is a passion project, so fine. Yes, and Rublev's passion project was in Russia this week. Rublev, you know what? He has been a consistent name that we have spoken about over the past eight weeks. You know, I didn't get the sense that he was a player on your radar for anything like do you like do you even like him like that i mean he caught my eye last year when he beat federer in the western southern open Mm. he's won four tournaments this year which is uh tied with djokovic now so he's obviously doing some good stuff i think what i what i like about him that is that he only seems to grunt on his forehand Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you watch him play, it's so interesting. I mean, occasionally he'll grunt on the backhand side, but mostly it's just that forehand. Man. Okay, that's weird. He is a very slight person. Like, he's very, he looks very, um, I mean, he's very slim, mm-hmm. but he he just scurries to all those damn balls. Yeah, he generates some good power, too. So, I mean, you know, good for him winning at home. He won at home last year in Moscow and now in St. Petersburg at the 500, formerly 250. So congrats to Rublev and congrats to Medvedev for waiting till after he tapped rackets <laughs> with Opelka to smash it on the, on the court. <laughs> Didn't Medvedev win St. Petersburg last year? He was the defending champion. He was the defending cha- champion. But when you go from a 250 event to 500, the stakes are greater. Dang. And uh, another congratulations out to Borna Chorich. You know, another bridesmaid appearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
poor girl, COVID yeah. and then now being a bridesmaid, like such a tough life. <laughs> but he gave Sitsy past that match at the U.S. Open. True. The That's funny, true. the funny, heartbreaking loss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should talk a bit about our Canadian boys also, because we had three in action and two made a semi and one a final. So a good outing for all in all for the Canadians. But again, Chapeau flamed out in the semis and Raonic as well, losing to Chorich and the eventual champion Rublev. Oh, okay. So wait, Chapeau lost to Chorich? Chapeau lost to Rublev and mm. um, Raonic lost to Chorich. That is really surprising to me that Raonic would lose to, uh, Raonic would lose to Chorich. Yeah, I, I mean, we were all hot on this new game of Raonich when he was like blowing people off the court until he met Djokovic in the final at the Western Southern and then he lost to Pospisil yeah uh, so I haven't really seen and he you know withdrew from the French so wasn't really following St. Petersburg too closely <clears throat> but he lost in three sets to Chorich oh man but I mean like listen in terms of like results the Canadians are still representing really strongly mm-hmm. you know at two semis and a final. So we're going to talk about Fa, F double A. F double A. Lost to Zverev, the hometown boy, and Cologne. And you know what, though? It, it's only right that Zverev would win in his, you know, in his hometown. But like you said before, as you we were preparing for our podcast, you know, Felix has kind of been the Canadian player that we haven't spoken about for obvious reasons. He just hasn't had the results. I mean, he flamed out in the clay court season early at the French and at Rome, and it was all about Chapeau. I mean, actually, now that I think about think back to our previous four or five podcasts, we've been all about Chapeau and not even talking about Felix one bit. But good for good for Felix for finding some form again and making a final. You know, he uh, he he did well. Yeah. And I think if uh, <clears throat> Felix releases a single called Drip as well, we would be talking more about him. <laughs> Rap is not his forte. Uh, I, I really don't know actually very much about Felix and his, you know, his pastimes and hobbies. I mean, not that I've done any extensive research on him. I just know that he's like a cute kid, what, 20, 21 years old. He's 20, yeah. Go for him. Mm-hmm. From Montreal. I mean, we we remember him from Tennis United when Bethy and <laughs> Vashek were, you know, still hosting that show and they invited all the Canadians on. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to find out some more about Fa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people go back and forth as to whether he has greater potential or Dennis has greater potential. I think last year people felt FAA had greater potential and now that position has changed, especially with Chapeau having a bit more consistency, uh, you know, dropping a couple singles and then doing well (laughs) in in some of these tournaments (laughs) and making quarters and semis, actually more appropriately the quarters and semis versus the rap music but anyway i think you know all of it is good hopefully Raonic can keep keep around and we you know have pospisil in the mix as always dangerous floater Mm. so four guys that's pretty cool yeah i'm excited listen as you know this tail end of the wta and atp season comes to a wrap i mean you know admittedly i'm not going to be as excited to watch the these tournaments as i was the french or the us but you know i'm really excited to see what 2021 i know we're looking you know pretty far ahead in the future but like you know what the the tennis landscape looks like what tournaments will be up and running you know will the australian open have 30,000 fans and i think the canadians are going to you know continue carrying that torch and getting deep in draws and we just want bianca back yeah, too yeah come on girl so yeah yeah i think you know there's a couple big tournaments on the atp side vienna being one and mm. i think vienna i heard has djokovic uh for the first time in a while which should be interesting then okay. there's the paris masters and then they have the atp tour finals so there's three sort of bigger events forthcoming and i think there's still 
figuring out who's going to lock in those final couple spots uh, in the top eight for the finals. So some interesting things underway, but all that's to say none of that pales, all of that pales in comparison, sorry, to UTS. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, where is he leading with this segue? <laughs> we, we all, oh my God. <laughs> we all watch all of the, tournaments this week in St. Petersburg and Cologne, mostly because we wanted to see who was going to lose early and then end <laughs> up on the UTS roster. And sure enough, who were they? I mean, to, to be honest with you, I UTS was not even on my radar. I only know two players. Actually, no, that's a lie. I, I did catch a couple of like highlights. I know that the Virtuoso was there. Mm-hmm. He was a finalist. 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 Who? What was the moniker for the winner? Dominor. I believe it was called the Speed Demon. <laughs> the Speed <laughs> Demon. Okay, okay. I mean, the um, demon piece aligns with the Baby Hitler moniker from <laughs> our our TLGTA friend, friend. Yeah, Bobby. Um, wasn't Feli there? Feli Lopez. Uh, Feli Lopez, there was one other player I sort of peripherally paid attention and then watched the final. Wait, so there were only four four players at UT3? No, I'm not not confident in whether there was four players or not. I'm sure there were more, but those Mm. are the ones that I ended up seeing because I think as they were being eliminated from their ATP events, that's when they started promoting (laughs) their participation in UTS. Yeah, see, I don't see. I don't know. Talking about like, there isn't actually. There is actually an overall theme to our podcast when it comes to like organizations and like brand visions. Like, is this the right brand vision for you for UTS? Like, is this what Patrick Moradoglu had in mind? Like, let's run UTS concurrently with other ATP tournaments and let's just get the losers to play (laughs) the tournaments. You know, I told you earlier, I thought that it was kind of brilliant to have UTS or whatever they call it, UT3, UT2, whatever incarnation of it it is, to have it, you know, during a time when no, well, obviously they're in a regular year, there are tournaments being played throughout the year, but like having UTS during the summer when the ATP had stopped, I think was pretty brilliant. But like now that it's, you know, all right, you lost in the first round. What kind of what name do you want for our tournament? And then like they create this like moniker for you. It's a bit like stupid. <laughs> a bit like stupid. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. Like, who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, like, come on, Patrick. Like, couldn't you do it? I don't know. I, I listen. I, it's easy to it's easy to be like a backseat driver and you know complain. I guess that's all we do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I mean, I have a different vision for it, sweetie. So when Nick Curios congratulates the, <laughs> oh speed, <my> God. <laughs> the speed demon and the UTS account says, <laughs> are you going to join us next? And he's like, maybe we can work something out. Are you, would you be interested if they worked something out? And he was part of the the docket of future ATP tournament losers to then join the UTS. <laughs> I mean, you are the queen of sh- of throwing subtle shade. <laughs> um, and would I be excited for Nick Kyrgios to be part of the group of ATP losers to play the UTS? I mean, listen. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Whatever, Nick. If Nick, whatever, wherever Nick plays, he's gonna draw attention, and wherever whether it's UTS or whether it's an ATP tournament, whatever tournament he decides to make his 2021 debut in, people are going to be talking about him. So, I mean, I would be interested in so far that he's there and, you know, and just be so excited to see who he's going to offend. <laughs> I mean, I did like his statement. He's like, maybe we can work something out. He's like, where that money? Oh, that's that's how you read that. That's how I read that because, you know, as he's pointed out to us many times when he called us albatrosses, <laughs> this is a form of entertainment. And if you want me to entertain the masses of 10 people who are in your arena in Antwerp, you need to give me that money. That's what yeah. he's saying. Listen, I mean, sports, whether tennis or baseball or basketball, 
unfortunately has been about money too so i mean who can blame him and he wants to buy more video games for his console that's true and you know he is sort of a lightning rod of the atp so he would <laughs> oh, he would look good with that trophy in his hand that <laughs> lightning bolt <laughs> that was quick good for you <laughs> so um for any of you who have listened to this podcast, you know that in the past we have been called the Branch oh Covidian Czars. <laughs> so as your Branch Covidian Czars, we have a bit of a COVID beat for you. This is our COVID beat segment. Mm. So obviously on a weekly basis, there's a few players who, you know, dabble in taking off their masks, perhaps allegedly or... Doing other, <laughs> doing other things that maybe put them within less than six feet from others who are not wearing their mask or, you know, did things inappropriate to maybe contract COVID. And they unfortunately succumb and become positive for the co-ro as well. Right. We have two players on the docket for this segment. We act well we actually have three, but one we're gonna gloss over the perpetual quarterfinalist, David oh, Goffin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cute little nugget and you know, he he'll <clears throat> he'll he'll make his way back. But yeah. Dave, David Goffin was one of those. But the two more interesting players um <laughs> that over the last week uh, let's. Where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? I mean, I think we probably should start with no Fabio. You go. Fabio, yeah. Let's start with Fabio because I think the other player has a more compelling story. It's actually a juicy kind of James Bondish kind of story. <laughs> so uh, Fabio Fognini, another bad boy of tennis, married to oh my goodness, I'm blanking now. Italian player uh, um, won the U.S. Open. Yes, Flavia Panetta. Panetta, Flavia Panetta. He was supposed to participate in his home tournament in Sardinia at the Sardinia Open, but um, he posted on his social media before the tournament started that he had tested positive for COVID and that he was withdrawing. Now, the circumstances of him contracting COVID, I am unclear of. I don't know, Jason, if you have can illuminate our podcasters, sorry, our podcast listeners on that, but... I mean, listen, we make light of things here. Life is about kind of laughing at the situations and, you know, being a sport about it all. I smell but... something. <laughs> I smell an Aldwin dramatic read. <laughs> no, okay, listen. I thought that last week when I called Sarah Arania demon and I, you know, <laughs> imitated her <laughs> imitated her Italian accent when she was arguing that call with the umpire and I said, you know, you will call me the referee. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I would get in some serious shit for that. But anyway, I didn't. Anyway, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. You don't I have to not... do it in Italian, but you can <laughs> read it like, you know, just... Okay. Like he, as you feel he would try to do in English. Okay. So let me preface his official statement stating that he was positive by saying that I don't know whether this statement is a translation, whether on his initial, you know, in his initial statement it was in Italian. But, you know, you're already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but obviously things being a French teacher things get lost in translation and I think that this particular statement is funny so here we go <clears throat> I'm gonna try not to laugh okay go Fabio Fognini says guys I have to tell you something <laughs> sorry <laughs> I have to tell you that this morning I tested positive for COVID-19 the symptoms are very mild a little cough and fever, headache, but unfortunately, this bad news has arrived. <laughs> arrived. <laughs> that is awful, <laughs> and I'm sorry in advance. Anyway, so that was his statement. Wait, that's uh, it? That's it. Oh. And listen, I think it's partially funny because if you have been an avid podcast listener, you know that some of these statements that the ATP players have released, and again, that's another kind of tangent because notice only ATP players have been infected with COVID. Um, they always seem to post <laughs> 
statements that kind of are like a tralala, like, you know, oh, man, I got COVID. Oh, and sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> belying the fact that there are millions of people around the world, like, I think just over a million, actually, that have now died because of COVID. Uh, you know, you could take your statement a little more seriously. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, it's naive of us to think that none of these players are going to slip up and or you know encounter something where they would become positive for covid i mean it could happen to any of us honestly yeah um, absolutely but he he has a bit of a platform and he has a fan base he has over half a million people who follow him on ig and you know especially when he was at a tournament in his hometown or in in his home country anyway you would maybe expect a bit more and you know maybe he would be sad about having to pull out of the tournament and you know thanks to the fans for all the well wishes or whatever but none of that i am sorry for this unfortunate news (laughs) period (laughs) yeah I, i mean listen Without going too far on a tangent, I just have to say this. Wherever you fall in terms of, like, following the measures and taking things seriously, you know, there is such a thing as COVID fatigue. We are all feeling it, you know. But at least have the respect for the people that have been particularly affected by it to release kind of a, you know, a a less flighty statement Mm -hmm. is my kind of angle. You know, like there are people that are affected by it daily. You know, I, okay, I, this was a little bit of a segue, but you know, as you know, I'm a teacher and I have had to force, I have been forced to self-isolate because there was a case in my school and thankfully everyone is well, I'm doing well, but you know, this is the first indication for me or first example where it's hit home. And so, yeah, I would, I would appreciate a little bit more um, mindfulness when players are releasing their statements. I mean, it's it's sort of indicative of who he is, though. When you see him on the court and how he plays, <laughs> yes. How, I mean, it's, you're right. Yeah, it's basically the statement that you would expect to come from him. You know, I I not play tennis for a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. I maybe I see you, in not in Vienna, but the next tournament after that. <laughs> <laughs> Flavia, talk to your man. Like, yeah. get him in check for just a minute. But keep girl, that new baby please. away from him. So yes. Isolate him. So have him self-isolate. That is correct. Speaking <laughs> of self-isolating on a jet plane, <laughs> we have... Wait, we shouldn't go to that one just yet. Because we forgot that in the, in the story about Fabi- Fabio, ah, yes. there was allegedly 20 other players who potentially tested positive who were at that event, correct? That is correct. Listen, I in my research, I read the headline that, just like Jason said, Fognini represented one of over 20 players who tested positive for this ATP 250 event in Sardinia. And... The source that broke this news is a fellow tennis podcaster. You know, uh, his name is Craig Shapiro. His Instagram is Shap Tennis Pod. And interestingly enough, I could find no other news sources that could corroborate and verify this news piece. I even went on Craig Shapiro's Instagram. There was no mention of it. So, you know it could be a situation of fake news i don't know but if y'all heard anything about that and can validate or verify this tidbit let us know Hmm. so at the moment it's allegedly (laughs) to have happened it's alleged to have happened alleged exactly allegedly okay so back to that jet plane (laughs) so there was a player you may or may not know his name but he american Merkin. He's tall. I think he's like 6'5". Got a pretty decent serve. Has made a few Grand Slam quarterfinals. But other than that, I think the joke was, who who dis? Who dis? Didn't he take out Djokovic at, Wim- at Wimbledon a couple years ago? I believe he did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this player's name is Sam Query. And the query is, <laughs> where he go? 
Where in the world is Sam Query? Mm. <laughs> Remember that show? Yes. Where in the world is Carmone? <laughs> so Sam up and left. He did. He did up and leave. So the situation is this. Sam Query traveled to Russia because he was going to participate in the St. Petersburg tournament. The man brought his wife and his eight-month-old baby Ford. Now, why you would bring your wife and your baby in the middle of a pandemic is unknown to me. But, you know, everyone has their personal reasons, so we'll just leave it at that. Okay? Dumb. Dumb. Here are the straight facts. They arrived in St. Petersburg... They tested negative, but then they subsequently tested positive on Sunday, October 11th, which was 24 hours before his first round match. Okay, when Russian authorities found this out, they were going to plan to put him under him and his family under isolation. And based on all of the news articles that I read, Sam was under the impression that if they started to show symptoms, that his family would be separated. Okay. And so the Monday, obviously, he did not play his match. The Tuesday, reports are saying that Russian doctors went to his hotel, knocked on his door. Sam didn't open the door. He was like, F this. Y'all ain't coming into this. <laughs> you are not coming into this to this room. Okay. They knocked a second time, I think, like, the next day to try to do some testing. That bitch was out. <laughs> and, you know, there, there is this is why I said it was James Bondish before. There is surveillance footage um, at 5.45 on <laughs> Tuesday morning that sees, that records and views Sam and his family fleeing the hotel. <laughs> they... <laughs> No, it's so funny. <laughs> he fucking left the hotel. Now, do you want to give the rest of the story about like the private jet and all that shit? He, yeah. So he um, he arranged for himself and his wife and his eight month old baby a private jet to get the hell out of there because it might have been fishy or suspicious to try and get on some commercial flight back to the U.S. And how often those flights were going, who knows? That is that is correct and. In addition to that, so, I mean, we're, we'll probably discuss this in a few seconds, but first of all, how did he procure, procure a private jet? Second of all, he chose a European destination that did not require a negative COVID test for entry, and this bitch is in hiding in an Airbnb. Nobody knows where he is. So nobody knows even now where he is? No one knows where he is, girl. But people need to, people must know where that private plane landed. I mean, people probably know, but it is not publicly known. That's for damn sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe his plan is to, like, find a private route back to North America without having, you know, he's probably been like, hey, pilot, don't tell nobody where you flew, flew me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's trying to get his ass back to the United States. Is Sam Query allegedly a Trump supporter? Oh, girl, you did not even go there. I'm just wondering because maybe he has some of his own sort of perceptions or feelings about what would have happened to him in Russia. And why did he think his family would be split up? Okay, so thank you for raising that because that points to another um, part of the research that I found out. So the tournament organizers in communication with the ATP said that, you know, Sam obviously left precipitously. He fucking freaked out. was like, get me the fuck out of here because I don't want to be separated with my family. But their plan was to put him and his family into a private apartment separate because he was staying at, at the player hotel and they were going to put him in a private apartment with his son and his wife but that girl was like nope <laughs> and was like let me call this private plane get the fuck out of here <laughs> so go ahead i mean i think you were about to go into how the atp will feel about this because obviously the tournament organizers are doing the best that they can and players sign up knowing that there are certain protocols in place should this happen to them as a player who tests positive and then he go he go against all damn restrictions i mean that is correct and we're gonna get that into that for a second but our girl kyle 
our girl Kyle from Indy, I had a conversation with him right before we recorded, and she gave me the full tea. Now, she wanted me to make sure that I used the word allegedly. (laughs) 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 For all of the names I'm about to spill. So, apparently, there is an alleged ring of Trump-supporting ATP tennis players. Uh, Among them include Sam Querrey. John Isner. John Isner. Girl, were you reading this? I've seen his Twitter, so there's no allegedly attached to that. Got it. Apelka, which I was very disappointed with. Um, you see that know beard, the... though. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tennis Sagrin. Tennis Sangren is also one that we... He's been very public about his support for Trump and the Republican Party. There's a couple of other names here that are not notable to me. But all that to say that our girl Kyle is saying that allegedly there is a ring of ATP American Trump supporting players and, you know, maybe because of that, Query felt a bit weird about the situation. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Hmm. Interesting. Know what I'm saying? I mean, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> allegedly, this is a tennis podcast. <laughs> So what do you think is going to happen to him? Like from the statement that the ATP put out, they're obviously taking this very seriously. We want tennis to continue and they don't feel like any of these players should be doing anything to compromise that. Okay. If I was in, I thought about this. If I was in Sam's shoes, like in his real shoes, if I had that political inclination for whatever reason why would I be playing in Russia and bring my son and my wife that was your first mistake girl but I mean then I test positive and there was a possibility of me being separated with my family girl I'd be on that plane too (laughs) but but that that it is very true that you know when this was posted on the GLTA players lounge someone made a very good point it does put into jeopardy you know um any tournament that's being played around the world, if we're if players are supposed to adhere to strict guidelines to ensure the continuation of play on the ATP and WTA tours, girl, you better you better follow those rules, because this means that if like if if Query does not face any reprimand for his actions, that means that a player could roll up in any tournament and be like, nah, I'm not. I tested positive, but I'm about to bounce. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like Flipkins tried to bounce when she was at the U.S. Open and she was, you know, she was trying to escape the airport, knowing that she was in that bubble of a bubble with Mladenovic because of her exposure to Benoit Pair. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't have much more time to get into that stuff. But I mean, Djokovic kind of did the same thing, although Correct. it wasn't an official ATP Tour event. He was just like, I'm getting on, a, I'm getting back to Serbia. Yeah. So, like, what do you think about that? He has to be. He has to be punished. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! I just the 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 drink went down the wrong way. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, if he was in Russia, the punishment would be more severe, and we would maybe enjoy it more, allegedly. But um, <laughs> he's gonna have Stop. to. <laughs> he's gonna have to be punished in some way to set an example, because who knows how long this is gonna go on. Yeah, like if you had, uh, if you were feeling a ways about going to Russia to participate, I mean, you could have participated at UT3 in Belgium. Yes, UTS3. And I don't know, it was just like not a smart decision by him. Actually, Zverev chimed in and he said that his decision was not so clever. Something like that. Oh, well, that's a nice way to say you fucked up, dude. <laughs> I mean that's the pot calling the kettle black but yeah. anyway. I mean why I mean you said it earlier but why did you bring your wife and your son? Yeah, that's you're crazy. Eight old. That is crazy. I mean you're going to be away for 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. Just just chill out, man, and like you can see them again in 2 weeks. It'll be fine. Well, I mean what I think you and I hope is that these shenanigans allow the branch covidian czars to continue to entertain you and update you (laughs) whilst the players have mild symptoms (laughs) oh my god (laughs) allegedly allegedly yeah 
Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Mild to no symptoms. We don't want any of them to have severe symptoms. But as you pointed out, there was only one story that we saw on the WTA of a player testing positive back in August. But the women have it on lockdown. They do. I yeah, mean, good for them. What do you what do you all think it is? Why is it that the WTA players there have been just that one there's been just that one case of COVID and that that case in Palermo at the beginning of the season, the player wasn't even named, but here you have like a plethora of players on the ATP tour that have now tested positive. It's at least a dozen, I think. Yeah. I mean, we could probably rattle off a dozen and a lot of them are like in the top 40. Yeah. Like what, what is up with that? (laughs) Are there some, are there some like, some like, I don't (laughs) like some get togethers that we don't know about. (laughs) Talk about GLTA. I know. Well, that's it. That's it. That's all the tea, all the gossip. It was a gossipy episode. Listen, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Uh, Email us. Yes, you can do that. Jason has said that before. But also add us on Instagram and slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think about all of this tea and shade. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Stay healthy. Stay safe, people. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's your serve. If you love this episode, be sure to give us a five-star review. And don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about. See what I did there? And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya.